Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The next quarterback of the New Orleans Saints will be Derek Carr. The Celtics were in first place and cruising, and now they've hit a bumpy stretch of road. And now the Jets find themselves exactly where they didn't want to be. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. In real estate, there's an old adage that your first offer is usually your best offer. The only team that really tried hard to go after Derek Carr when he was on the trade block was the New Orleans Saints. And lo and behold, on Monday, it was the New Orleans Saints who closed on a new deal to acquire Derek Carr. 4,000 square feet, you know, a couple, couple four bedroom, four bathroom. It's a nice house, Derek Carr. Four years, $150 million. Ross yeah. Jackson. He's, he's got Lock- it. There's a, there's a pool in there, but it only goes four foot. It only right. goes four foot deep. And it's covered, you know, so it's not the same kind of thing. It's above ground. Uh, right. <laughs> above ground pool. That's Derek Carr. Yes. That is a Derek Carr experience. Uh, Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints joins me now. And, and Ross, um, the thing about the NFC is if Aaron Rodgers goes to the, the AFC, Derek Carr might be like the fourth best quarterback in the NFC. Why, why New Orleans for Derek Carr? Well, I think that there's a couple of different connections, of course, for Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, head coach Dennis Allen is the guy that drafted him in 2014 and that chose to start him as a rookie uh, with the Raiders as well. They've maintained a really strong connection and contact ever since uh, 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 Dennis Allen was no longer in Oakland at the time, and then he arrived back in New Orleans. And I think the other pieces are a couple of different players. Derek Carr has a really fantastic personal relationship with Demario Davis, for instance, and a couple of other New Orleans Saints. So it seems that from the very beginning that it was going to be Derek Carr to New Orleans, but Derek Carr and his team did what they had to do, tried to stoke up interest in flames elsewhere. You saw the, uh, the Sunday night report that came from ESPN that Derek Carr was slightly leaning towards the Jets, only for him less than 12 hours later to sign with the New Orleans Saints. That was the what we call the public negotiation phase of mm. the free agency process. And then, of course, he ended up in New Orleans. So I think you look at that, you look at the weak division, he immediately becomes the best quarterback in the NFC South. And as you mentioned, a weaker conference now having left the AFC, where, as you mentioned, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, he's probably top four. If Aaron Rodgers is there, he's probably top five yeah. within the conference. So uh, a, a clear path to winning. The Saints aren't done yet. They still have a lot of other stuff around Derek Carr to be able to build out. But now they're in a situation to where they can start to do that. For the Saints, they are a team that is perpetually all in. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to make this move for a quarterback, you mentioned that there's more coming. There's probably going to have to be some more cost restructuring um, uh, Nick Underhill uh, referred to this as mafia bookkeeping um, that, the, that the New Orleans Saints do, which I think is just like a perfect encapsulation yep. of what they do. But this seems to be like you do everything last year to compete with that team. And, and this seems like the, the period on the end, like, okay, we did everything there so that when we could get this kind of quarterback, we can make this move. So what is the ceiling for this team as we sit here right now? Yeah, I think that that ceiling continues to change depending upon how successful the rest of the Saints offseason is. And, mm. and, and Peter, I'll tell you this, them getting Derek Carr's contract done on March 6th 
is a big deal because now Derek Carr has an entire week before the what we call the legal tampering period. The NFL calls it the negotiation period of free agency begins on Monday the 13th. Derek Carr, he ain't going to worry about no tampering. He can go out there and talk to any players that he wants to. They all have personal relationships. So he now has a full week head start trying to recruit potential free agents, trying to recruit outgoing free agents to stay in New Orleans, trying to uh, recruit guys to come to New Orleans as well. So it gives them a little bit of a head start there. So if the Saints are able to get this done, or, or with the Saints having now gotten this done, they can now focus on building the rest of the offense out. They'll look to see if they can entice Michael Thomas to stay on an incentive-laden deal, which will include performance-based incentives as well as availability incentives. And then, of course, look to build out the rest of the team, build out that defense. The Saints have the opportunity to provide Derek Carr the best defense he's ever played on the opposite side of. Those are the types of things that they'll look to do. If they can do that, then their ceiling is nothing less than a playoff team as long as everybody stays healthy and everything goes to plan. Stay up to date all year on the New Orleans Saints by following Locked On Sports today and Locked On Saints on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Celtics are hitting the skids at a problematic time. Before we get to that, though, Geno Smith is getting paid. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. And before we look at the Celtics' latest struggles, it's worth pointing out that they remain the favorites to win the NBA championship, but only just. Vandal has Boston plus 310 to win it all right behind them. Plus 320 though, the Milwaukee Bucks. You can also combine multiple prop bets in one game into a same game parlay for an even bigger payout. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The NFL's Comeback Player of the Year is coming back again. This time the Seattle Seahawks, Seattle and Pro Bowl quarterback Geno Smith reached an agreement on a contract on Monday. This official already on Monday. We don't always get the official word from a team the same day it's reported, but we had it on Monday on a three-year, $105 million deal that includes $52 million in the first year, according to an ESPN report. By reaching an agreement on Monday, the Seahawks beat the Tuesday deadline for teams to apply the franchise tag, which would have carried over $32 million in just 2023. Smith was one of the biggest surprises of the 2022 NFL season, earning a Pro Bowl nod and the league's Comeback Player of the Year award after spending most of the past seven seasons as a backup. The Dallas Cowboys made sure Tony Pollard will be making plays for them next season. At least for now. 
The Dallas Cowboys use the franchise tag to secure one of their most explosive players. Hi, I'm Landon McCool with the Locked On Cowboys podcast, and the Cowboys committed $10.9 million this year on the franchise tag to Tony Pollard as they continue to try to work towards a long-term deal. This was not a surprising move. The Cowboys really wanted to retain Tony Pollard. The question now becomes, can they get a long-term deal in place that satisfies both sides? while also being able to reduce Ezekiel Elliott's number, whether that be through cut, whether that be through restructure, to get the overall running back room number down a little bit. But as far as on the field goes, the Cowboys get to retain their very explosive, very talented running back who ended his end of the year in kind of an unfortunate injury. He will be battling back. There will be all eyes on him now that he's on the franchise tag to see how quickly he's able to bounce back from that injury. But the Cowboys have retained his rights and have the ability to have the speedy running back on their team for at least one more year. For more on the Dallas Cowboys, make sure you check us out on the Locked On Cowboys podcast. And for more on your team, make sure you check out one of the podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The NFL on Monday fully reinstated Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley from his suspension for violating the league's gambling policy. After applying for reinstatement on February 15th, Ridley is now eligible to participate in all team activities immediately. The Jaguars also released a statement saying they were looking forward to integrating Ridley into the offense, saying, quote, Calvin is a proven playmaker and we were excited to see him compete among and with his new teammates first during our offseason program in April and ultimately in the 2023 season as we collectively pursue a championship for Jacksonville. On the hardwood, the Miami Heat snuck past the Atlanta Hawks at home. Miami got some unexpected contributions off their bench and shot surprisingly well from long range to pull off their second straight win over the Hawks. I'm David Mill, the host of Locked On Heat Atlanta shot a blistering 72% from the field in the first quarter as the Heat looked unable to defend the painted area early on, but they tied their defense, pressuring ball handlers and challenging shooters more consistently from that point on, and it was their bench and three-point shooting, two major problems all season long, that stepped up big to help secure the 130-128 win. Victor Lodipo and Caleb Martin each scored 21 points off the bench with Oladipo showing impressive bursts as well as going 4 of 7 from 3, and Martin coming off the bench despite Kevin Love missing the game, showing the same energy that made him a fan favorite last season. Duncan Robinson also chipped in 14 points to help Miami shoot 55% from three, their best percentage of the season. And while it was ultimately yet another clutch game, Miami overcame a 15-point deficit with inspired play to help them beat the Hawks a second time in three nights. Miami holds the seventh seed of the East, but are now two and a half games above the eighth seed Hawks. For a full recap of tonight's game, make sure to subscribe to Locked On Heat. Here is another story you need to know. With less than a second left on Monday night between the Celtics and the Cavs, it appeared to be over. Grant Williams had two free throws to win the game. He said, or at least appeared to say, I'm going to make them both. He missed them both, and ultimately the Cavaliers won in overtime, 118-114. to 114. Boston has now lost four of their last five. They sit two full games back of the Milwaukee Bucks. Locked on Celtics host John Corrales joins me now. And John, what, what has been the difference over the last week and a half, two weeks for this Boston team that looked like the class of the Eastern Conference for the majority of the season? Yeah, I think it's actually a longer kind of steady progression down this road, but the past few games, especially, it's it's almost like reverting to bad habits. And I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know if 
the minutes that that these guys have been playing, especially Jason Jason Tatum, who didn't play mm-hmm. in this game, but over the past couple of games, you know, he hasn't looked bad. He hasn't looked great since the All Star break. Um, they're they're kind of getting away from the things that work, and they're doing it in the middle of games. They they've been up doubles in each each of these last three games, shorthanded or not. They had an opportunity to win this game in Cleveland, and they just stopped doing all of the things that they were doing to get the lead. You get up to a point where they feel comfortable and all of a sudden they change. And it's that proverbial play not to lose. Uh, Maybe some of these guys feel like that they need to be the closers, but what they just need to be is consistently good. And the beginning of the season, they were playing with a purpose. They were playing fast. They were moving the ball. They were getting tons of assists. They were generating good threes, not just taking the first good three that was that was available. So I feel like they've kind of either gotten tired or gotten away from some of the things that, that have worked. But it, it's when they get away from it, man, it looks bad. And and there have been some questions about the rotation, some questions about uh, new head coach Joe Missoula and whether it's timeout usage, whether it is lineup usage. How much of this is just, okay, the playoffs come. We know what the pedigree of this team is. We saw them in the Eastern Conference playoffs last year. When this team is right, they're as good as anyone. They add you know, pieces like Malcolm Brogdon to all of this. They're going to be fine. Or, or do you think this is part of a potentially you know, problematic issue that they face here come postseason time? You know, that's the million-dollar question. Because <laughs> yeah. once, once they get the answer to that, We'll, we'll, we'll know, we'll know. Right. And, it, and it, the thing is, we might not get an answer until after a game seven, right? Like it might, right. the series might be over and it might, we might get the answer. Either answer feels possible. There's, there's something behind either one. My, my biggest concern is these losses are starting to look like the beginning of last season's losses before they made that big run uh, right. in late January and started just laying waste to the league. <laughs> and it seems like they just had the reverse. They came out this season focused. I think the Emi Odoka stuff kind of rallied them. And and now that they're here, again, it's so hard to pinpoint exactly what it is. But they've gotten back to the play well for a stretch, then just say, eh, we're done. We're okay. And honestly, look like they have forgotten how to play basketball. Like they just got knocked over the head. They have amnesia and they're like, Oh, nice football game. We're having here. It's like, no, no, it's basketball. Keep playing basketball. It's, it's unreal how they, the, the departure happens here. So is it concerning? Yeah, it's concerning. Cause I've seen it before and it's not great, but also I've seen the same group play so well that it could very easily just be a blip that they feel comfortable with where they are. They're taking some time off. They're taking they're they're kind of picking their spots and playing well enough to feel satisfied that they can, they can win these games. And Hey, if they don't, it's like, eh, we're only a couple of games out of first. Plus we play Milwaukee later on. So that that could be uh, a huge game there. Cause that would give the Celtics the tiebreaker if they win. Right. So they might, they might just feel comfortable hanging around this, this place here and then ramping it up over the last couple of weeks which is a dangerous game to play. So it, it's really hard to say which of this it is. Stay up to date all year on the Boston Celtics by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Celtics on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts.
Coming up, why the Jets now find themselves exactly in a place they did not want to be. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and the calories? Then you got to try Bilt Bar. I have them every day. Literally every day. Or at least most days I had one today. I will probably have one tomorrow. I had one yesterday. Because you don't want to compromise taste for your health. You want to have something that tastes amazing. But is also going to fit into fueling your body. That's what Built does. And they have flavors that get you excited. Churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, all the puff flavors, coconut puff, brownie, batter, chunk puff, all of that good stuff. And yet they're able to maintain the macros. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. You are not going to find those numbers other places and you're not going to find the taste other places, never mind the combination of the two. It is just unheard of what they've been able to do. And now you don't have to wait for Built.com to deliver your order, though you still can, and I often do. You just have to plan ahead a little bit. If you don't want to plan ahead, if you're craving something and you want to go out and do it now, go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, and get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, double chocolate, underrated, double chocolate is one of the best flavors that that Built makes and it is never talked about and that is unfair. It is really, really, really good. So go check it out and, and get a box or two or three and you can thank me later. The mandate this offseason for the New York Jets was to improve the quarterback position. Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers seem to be the top options, but now Carr is headed to the Big Easy. Locked on Jets host John Butchka believes that's a big problem for the Jets. I think the Jets have put themselves in a really tough spot by the way they've handled this, because I think no matter how this played out, no matter who the first choice was this offseason, there was really one situation I did not want the Jets to find themselves in. And that's the situation they're in right now, where essentially it really feels like all their eggs are now in one basket, and that is the Aaron Rodgers basket, because... Most analysts who have been discussing this have said that this offseason, the goal for the Jets is to get one of two quarterbacks, either Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, Rodgers has had a much more decorated career. Rodgers will go down as a much better player. And Rodgers at his peak has been a much better quarterback than Derek Carr. But these are really the two guys right now who you expect to be available in in either a free agency or a trade. And we're going to make an assumption that, you know, Lamar Jackson's not going to hit free agency. I think we can make an assumption that there are some other guys out there who are not going to be surprise trade candidates. Well, now the Jets, I mean, the Jets really, if the idea of this, of this offseason, I'm not sure I necessarily agree with it, but let's, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate here. And I'll say, if the objective of this offseason was to get either Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers, that has become much more difficult by the way the Jets approach this thing. The flip side of this is it is a great situation for the Green Bay Packers because if Aaron Rodgers is going to come back, regardless of who he's playing for, a team like the Jets is going to say, well, you know, look, we, we got to figure out the contract situation. And if it's not the Jets, it's going to be someone else that wants Aaron Rodgers if it's not the Packers. So the Packers suddenly have way more leverage than they might otherwise have precisely because the team that has made it clear from the get-go 
that they want Aaron Rodgers does not have their best backup option. And of course, we got the reports on Monday after the car signing. Oh, no, no. We really like Jimmy Garoppolo too. There were people in the organization that were pushing for Jimmy G. Yeah, okay. And I have a bridge in Arizona to sell you. This is, this is not happening like that. The Jets want Aaron Rodgers. Everyone knows that. And their best opportunity to play hardball with the Packers for Aaron Rodgers just signed in New Orleans. And finally, Giannis Antetokounmpo thought he had a triple-double, but the NBA said, nah, baby, nah. Knowing he was one rebound shy of his fourth triple-double of the season, Giannis took the ball coast-to-coast and threw it at the bottom of the rim. As time expired, he caught it for his 10th rebound. After the game, Giannis acknowledged, kind of stole one. The league stole it back. The NBA reviews all stats from each game and regularly makes changes to correct errors or omissions. And it removed that last rebound Monday. According to league rules for a field goal attempt to count as official, the player has to shoot with, quote, intent to score a field goal. This It was lame for Giannis to do what he did. It is so much more lame, so silly for the league to care about something like this and actually take the step to remove the rebound. Come on, what are we doing? This is absurd. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will Aaron Rodgers be traded? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.